0: Hello and welcome to the Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing just about midnight on Thursday night, Friday morning. Joining me from New York City after a short trip to Milwaukee to watch the Bucks mm. um, end their season. Not fail. Tim Bontemps.
1: Hello guys. Just curious, Brian, how are you feeling after a pretty devastating night in northeast Ohio on Wednesday? How are mm. we feeling?
0: Mm. Well, the better, tough, night, tough
1: night for tough night for a couple MVPs one two-time MVP and one uh <laughs> hoop collective nominated MVP Jared Allen
0: yeah did you see what Jared Allen said today in his exit interview I don't have right in front of me but he basically I did said, not yeah, well he basically said and I'm paraphrasing because it's not in front of me I wasn't ready for this well he basically said boy the lights were I was ready for the for the bright lights that so they were brighter than I was ready for which was apparent in his play that so. sums
1: up the Cav's entire approach in that series,
0: I think. Yeah. <laughs> Joining us from Los Angeles, California, just back to the coast after a little respite in Memphis is Bam McMahon.
2: Howdy partners.
0: Uh, so you, can, you, can, you, can hear, you can hear that travel on that voice. We got we got a, we got a salty,
1: we got a saltier than normal Ben McMahon, and he's usually got much extra salt. So we're, we're gonna have a fun pod tonight. Just imagine Howdy, how we, partners. There you go. <laughs> Just imagine
0: how Ben's gonna sound on Sunday night after covering game seven. I mean covering game one um, uh, we'll that's
1: not like, that like a prediction McMahon we don't do Ooh, a lot of those on this day hey, him and Desmond Bain baby <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah um there was a, a joke was made uh Lu needed a um a laugh before game five in Phoenix the other night and joke was made about whether or not he was gonna do the money in the ceiling trick mm. um which <laughs> which during the 2016 finals when the Cavs uh we're in game five out in oakland the, the mm-hmm. draymond green suspended game after the calves won he collected a hundred dollars from every person in the calves traveling party which is pretty big in the playoffs um i guess they all had they all had honeys on them and uh i think it was fifty five hundred dollars and he put it in the mm-hmm. ceiling panel uh in the coach's office uh at uh, oracle arena and he goes, okay. We got to come back and get our money. In other words, win Game Six. We're going to be back mm-hmm. here for Game Seven. Get our money. He took it from Doc Rivers, who did that yeah. in two thousand, I believe, two thousand nine, maybe.
2: I think that's um, the year they he did it when the Celtics won, didn't he? When they won the title.
0: Yeah, that was oh, that was eight. Yeah, I think yeah. Nah, I mean
2: eight nine. Whatever they the, won the, title the that year.
0: The crazy thing about it is, is that Doc did it on Christmas Day. Mm. The, the Celtics played the Lakers on Christmas Day, and lost. <laughs> put it. a couple thousand dollars in the ceiling and came back six months later in june and it was still there amazing so uh it was a joke and ty said that uh, this time uh it would be two hundred dollars because inflation two hundred dollars a man which i was like well i'm gonna visit that locker room afterwards you know i was gonna gonna
2: say hey you can have video coordinators around the league checking some ceiling tiles yeah hopefully Uh, nobody put any money in
1: milwaukee
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> um, Bud anyway,
2: might, Bud might not be back to collect it.
0: Well, Bud's going to collect the two years left on his contract. Uh, <laughs> That's eight true. Million per. Uh, all right, well, real quick, let's uh talk about uh, what happened just a few minutes ago. The Celtics eliminated the Hawks. Um, Hawks gave a fight. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what, what there is to say about this game, other than all you know, the Celtics. We're a little shaky in this series and a little shaky in this game. They had the lead early and then Trey young um, got real hot. I think he had 23 in the first half, but then down the stretch of this game, the Celtics um, absolutely showed why they are who they are. Shut down the Hawks on defense, Tatum and Brown uh, hitting big shots down the stretch, Marcus smart all over Trey young. I think he was one of 11 in the second half. He was
1: at least one for 12. He might've ended up one for
0: 13. Okay, the Celtics uh, so Celtics get to the second round, the big uh, series now set up with, uh, with the 76ers, which we'll talk about in a second. But Bon um the, the Bucks didn't survive. Celtics have inherited home court. Uh, mm. if, they can, if they can win it, if they can get to the conference finals, they've inherited home court and or at least the possibility of home court. They haven't played their best ball in a while, but they have had stretches where they've looked pretty good. And tonight, they looked pretty good when it mattered.
1: Look, the three teams with the best records in the NBA were the Bucs, the Celtics, and the Sixers. Whoever wins that Sixers-Celtics series has got home court advantage through the finals. Like, the path path is open. I thought all year the three best teams in the league were those three teams in some order. Talked a lot about how I thought Milwaukee was going to win. We'll get to what happened in that uh, series in game five in a minute. But the end of this game, to me, was sort of a reminder of why the Celtics are such a maddening team. Because you look at the way they played over the final five, six minutes of the game. They're flying in and swatting shots left and right. They're totally locked in. Marcus Smart is zinging passes to people. And then the one time he ball fakes a pass, the defense is completely shook. He basically mows his parts to seize for a layup at the rim. The boss had just put on a clinic in the final five minutes of this game, which makes you wonder why were they in a dogfight for the first 43 minutes of the game? Why did they have this epic collapse in game five? why, you know, there, there was no reason they should have been like hovering on the edge of potentially having to be going home for a game seven on Saturday. Now they didn't, they didn't go home for a game seven on Saturday. They're going to go home and get three days off until they play Philly on Monday, but because they messed around in this series and allowed Philadelphia to have a couple days, more rest greatly increased the chances of Joel Embiid being ready for the start of that series. And obviously if that's the case, GREATLY increases their chances of losing in that series to some degree. So the Celtics are really good. They also are a really maddening team. I, was, I just broke, I did a a five item thing laying out the series. They're 34 and two when they hit 40% of their threes. They're 27 and 24 when they don't. We want to look at how the series is going to go. We talked last year about their turnovers. This year it's about their
0: threes. Tonight, 18 of 42, 43%. That was their 34th w.
1: win of the year when they hit 40% of their threes.
0: Tatum hit four, and Jalen Brown, six of eight. Yikes.
2: And those guys took over the game down you know down the stretch to close it out. Uh, the Celtics had the two best players in the series. They didn't have the two best players in every game. Certainly, Trey Young was the best player uh, in a couple of the games. But two best players in the series, talent overwhelmed. I don't think they've got the two best players in this next series, though. They definitely don't have the best player in the series. I'll say that. Well, you would expect
0: yeah. sometime in the next week or so that Joel Embiid is going to be named the MVP.
2: Actually, you know what? I guess I should say if Embiid plays, which is a question mark. A if you believe
0: the bond, if you believe the Bon Temps poll, which I do, uh, McMahon calls it something else. Um, uh,
2: the the BS poll, BS straw poll. Uh,
0: the uh. Well BS straw poll's is redundant. The BS that, Okay,
1: Yeah, we just let him we bond him straw straw poll. Our guy, <laughs> our guy is grumpy. Let him let him make his rips and move along. It's all right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh Joel will be named MVP uh in the next you know, probably before game four. I don't know for sure. Don't mm-hmm. quote me, but um he had the sprained knee. They've had you know the loss to the loss to Atlanta in game five had an um had an interesting side effect on the scheduling for the next series. One, it bought two extra days. The series was going to start on Saturday. So Embiid's going to get 48 more hours, actually probably a little bit more than that, because there's a chance it could have been an afternoon game, I Mm -hmm. guess. Um, Two, there was going to be three days off between games two and three. Mm. Now they're going to play every other day. So Mm. that could be a factor for Embiid. Yeah. Um, So, Plus for Embiid on the front end, but he's going to have to play uh, every other day uh, for the series, except there is two days between six and seven at the end of it. If we get to that that part. Unlike
1: our guy McMahon, this is about as easy of a travel series as you're going to have in the playoffs. So the
0: the, the rest thing is a little bit of an issue. Except for maybe Sacramento. (laughs) I was
2: going to say Sacramento is pretty easy.
1: Or maybe the possibly the Eastern conference finals when it's either uh, Sixers, Knicks or Celtics knicks If the Knicks pull that series out, right? When are we going to get a what? Subway series? That'd be the easiest.
0: You know what, McMahon? I, I was just Clippers thinking about Lakers. this today. the The Warriors and Kings haven't been on a plane in weeks, mm-hmm. L- literally weeks. And if you know, if there's a game seven, the I Lakers. i like to that. No, I'm talking about for sorry for the Lakers. Okay. There's going to be like ten thousand miles. I haven't even calculated it.
2: No, it's a, it's a. Yeah, they don't have to make connections, obviously, but it's still a you know three and a half hour flight. Um, and it's been every other day for the last, let's see, four or four, 4 last four, week. Three, four, yeah. Um, and I tell you what, man, I'm not saying he's old. I I don't poke bears, but <laughs> LeBron James looked like uh, perhaps the, the wear and tear of the
1: series in the travel might have taken a toll on his legs in uh, game five. Well, look, we've been talking about this since before this series started. This five games and nine days from games three to seven, the longer this series went, the more it was going to benefit the Grizzlies. Now, go back mm-hmm. to game four. I know LeBron summoned the energy to get that incredible layup at the end of regulation to tie the game, made those plays had the the very fitting ending over Dylan Brooks in overtime. The guy was fairly effectively guarded by Xavier Tillman most of the game. Like Mm -hmm. this is not the same version of LeBron we've seen in the past, in part because, again, he's playing on a bum wheel and he's 38. So like the fact he's even doing this is unbelievable. But as you talk about going back and forth, flying 2,000 miles every other day, playing a super young Grizzlies team that's going to push it and run and might actually – Start playing Luke Kennard now.
2: Oh, um, but, but, but go on and then I'll make this, a point.
1: Well, no, I mean, we'll see what happens with his shoulder. But right. the Grizzlies have come into this series as it's gone along. And the longer it goes, the more it favors them, especially if Memphis could somehow win this game Friday night. There's going to be a 36 hour turnaround mm-hmm. to this game seven. that is the worst case scenario and they'd be going
2: home you know desmond bain says the best fans in the nba obviously that's kind of you know pumping up the old grind city folks but they do have the best home record in the league um they just spanked the lakers on that home court like if if this the the lakers better close this thing out in six or or they they gotta
1: treat this like a game seven yeah you've been
0: saying that all day on tv today and i agree with that um Here's the thing I'll say about LeBron. I have seen in the past LeBron evaluate a playoff game as not going his way and him going to energy conservation mode. Mm -hmm. I've seen it happen. I've seen it work. Um, and he looked like he was in energy conservation mode. That said, I remember him doing that when he was 31, 33. Right. Um, you know, where he, sort of just made a value judgment. I'm not sure he had an option except for energy conservation mode.
2: Well, uh, I I honestly thought, I thought Darwin Ham should have made a value judgment, honestly, early in the fourth quarter. Uh, LeBron played till, I don't remember when they pulled him exactly, but he was in there several minutes into the fourth quarter. They were down 25 early in the fourth. I'm like, sit him. He ended up playing 34 minutes. It's not like they really ran his minutes up, but, I think they could have kept that under 30. Um, you mentioned Luke Kennard uh, suffered a stinger. Actually, maybe they had LeBron out there in the fourth quarter to set a screen on Luke Kennard and try to take him out because that's what happened. <laughs> so I uh, got a stinger in that left shoulder. And this is, look, this is a big deal because that thing was tight and the Grizzlies were really struggling to score in the in the third quarter, in part because Dylan Brooks kept shooting. And he kept shooting because the Lakers were giving him shots and it was just clogging things up for everybody else. Taylor Jenkins and bomb Timps, You've been calling for this for, I don't know how long. Taylor About Jenkins.
1: a calendar year. About there a calendar year.
2: He pulled the plug. He he pulled Brooks less than four minutes into the Is third it
0: true program. that the grindhouse fans were a little grumbly when Brooks was getting the ball?
2: It, when he touched it, it, it was like oh, like <laughs> growling.
0: It was like, like a bear. Like, I, I was, was gonna, gonna say, the bear, bear is yeah. growling.
2: No, they, it, it was like if you poke a bear in a really, you know, unfortunate spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, um, by the way, Dylan Brooks is is mad at me right now, which is unfortunate. I feel bad. Why? I, I do things like quote him accurately and uh, say that the Grizzlies might have to move on from him this summer.
1: Yeah. Dylan, Dylan Brooks has made his own bed on every and every front of this thing.
2: Absolutely. And he's played like crap in this series. That's that's um, part of which the is why Yes, which is why they pulled po- Taylor Jenkins, pulled him less than four minutes in the third quarter. In comes Luke Kennard and whoosh, there goes the Grizzlies. And it's look, Canard only took three shots in the game. Matter of fact, he didn't take any shots in the third quarter. Luke Canard, though, just his presence out there. You are not going to have his man with a foot in the paint.
1: Well, go back hey, to game 4 right? You're guarding right? him. They go back to game four. They went on that run in the third quarter. The second he comes in, they have him in the slot. The Lakers obviously have to show out to him. He's a 40-plus percent three-point shooter. He's the only guy on the team, basically, I mean, other than who's was- shooting.
2: Yeah, I think it was 50 plus for the Grizzlies. Led the league in three point percentage for right. the last two years. And right. you give John Morant in particular space, like he can do some serious damage with well, that. I have to say,
0: you know, at the end of game four, the, the Grizzlies, you know, that overtime game, the Grizzlies just, it, it felt to me like they didn't make, they made like one three in the second half. They, they were one for three.
1: 16. They were one for 16 on corner threes in the competitive portion of the game. Okay.
0: So the game was over in overtime. They stick Luke Kennard out there. He takes a corner three. <laughs> bam and i was like because you know what the part of it is i got skin in the game here because i really liked that trade that memphis did at the deadline mm-hmm. and i've been saying i was saying for weeks like you know that could be a really impactful yeah. trade and then and then it hasn't been because Kennard hasn't played so canard <laughs> comes in and look i've talked you know when you talk to nba coaches and also players mm-hmm. they talk about the difference that two feet can make If Luke Kennard is standing in the corner versus Dylan Brooks, in that case, it's more than two feet. But if the guy's two feet, (laughs) it's 10
1: feet with that. Right. That step can be the difference between a missed shot and a made shot.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, it's funny. Devin Booker, um, I just covered this Sun series. And and Booker, the the Clippers made the decision they were going to stand on Kevin Durant's toes, no matter Mm -hmm. where he was. And Booker played a lot of point guard in that series. And Booker was like, it feels really strange to have Kevin out there in the corner. And, you know, not have this Hall of Famer in Durant. And he's basically just standing in the corner. Right. But, oh, my God, do I love it. Because there's so much. <laughs> there's so I mean, you know, he shot 60%. It's put, because it's series. four on
2: four with a wide open floor at that point.
0: Right. He's like, I, I feel bad having him do it. But, you know, stay over there, buddy. Um, uh, they actually need to get Durant more shots. But that's not a topic yeah. for today. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, Taylor Jenkins, you know, this is one of those difficult situations you know, especially this season, you know, Dylan Brooks has been a punching bag recently. There were stretches this season where he really did help him. I don't I think know. He, was he, ever-
2: he, he is absolutely one of the best defensive players in the NBA. We've talked about this. He should be an all defensive player. I'd have had him first team. He should at least be second team. And that's where it's tough to drop off when you put Kennard on the floor instead of Dylan Brooks on the defensive end is drastic, but it's just as drastic on the offensive end. Um, so, and uh, Brooks has just been killing them. He's shooting 30% from the floor, 21.6% from three-point range, and taking a lot of shots because the Lakers are basically rolling out the red carpet, and it, I think it is in his head. I think that there's a lot of things uh, that are in his head right now. I also. Th- so, it's obviously unfortunate for the Grizzlies that Kennard got his shoulder banged up. Taylor Jenkins was asked, hey, would you have gone back to Brooks if, if Kennard didn't get hurt and he didn't give a straight answer? He kind of, well, you know, who knows the, what, how the game would have gone. Um, I, Boy, I if I'm him, I'd, I'd have lied my ass off. I'm, oh, yeah, no no doubt. We're going back to Dylan for sure. Um, but Because uh, I was actually thinking early in the fourth quarter with the lead as big as it was, I was thinking this is going to let Taylor off the hook because he can put Brooks back in the game without fear of blowing it and not have, because if you bench him for the last 20 minutes and 15 seconds, that's a, it was already a little bit of a thing. If you bench yep. him for the last 20 minutes and 15 seconds, it's a big bit of a thing.
1: Well, and, and if yeah. you go, and again, to go back to game four, if you can have Xavier Tillman on LeBron and it's not killing you, if that remains the case, then there's no point in having Dylan Brooks on the court. Cause that's why you have him out there. There's nobody else on the Lakers that 100%. Desmond Bain or these other guys can't easily handle, you know, not that Austin Reese isn't going to, but like, mm-hmm. I don't mean, I don't mean easily handle, like they're going to shut him down, but like LeBron is going to overwhelm physically Desmond Bain. If he's right, he's going to overwhelm right. the other guys on the roster. That's, that's why Dylan Brooks, in theory, you, you don't can think can,
2: can guard LeBron
1: <laughs> probably, probably not. But if um to put it mildly, but if you have, if you can put Zebra Tillman on him and you're not going to yeah. get killed, then you got to get Dylan Brooks out of the well, game. That,
2: you just that, that's to. my thing in the uh in in game four like Tillman guarded LeBron the vast majority of that game and I'm I'm saying hey if Dylan Brooks isn't guarding LeBron why is he on the floor it was and actually insane. our old pal uh Bob vulgaris you know the, the somewhat infamous the sports form-
0: team the sports team owner the hockey or the uh, the soccer, soccer. Team football
2: football, yeah. football spanish football but the uh you know former mavericks executive obviously yep. a made a ton of money gambling on the nba before that he was sitting actually right next to shannon sharp <laughs> like
1: it was some pretty see? funny pretty funny yeah. tweets and videos of shannon yeah, the, uh, the seat next,
2: next him. Anyways, so i stopped uh he, he's been at, at the, all the games in la so i always stop by to say hi to him at halftime or whatever and I asked, him, I said, "What would you do with Dylan Brooks?" And I thought, I thought I knew his answer, and it was, he said, "I wouldn't play him." Well, now, yes. you know, it's the same as he wouldn't have played Porzingis in the Mav series against Clippers. It's, it's, it's easy to say that from a you know, hey, strategy, data, analytics standpoint. It's much harder to execute it when you have the personality to deal with. Just like, yeah. And to Michael Cole, covers the Grizzlies for the Memphis Co- Commercial Appeal, we were talking about this. He goes, hey, they sat Stephen Adams. I was just fir- about to say that. Yeah. He said they sat Stephen Adams in the first round last year. And I said, a little bit different personality. And let's be honest, Stephen Adams can handle that situation like an adult. I don't think Dylan Brooks can.
1: Well, and that's then, then, you know what? Like then why are you acting like Dylan Brooks is a critical part of your team and leaning on to this degree anyway? And why did you, why did you lean on him after the way things went last year? You know what I mean? Well, like that's also, the part that's
2: also to that point. Why, when you were handing out extensions to everybody else who was extension eligible, was he the only one who didn't get one? And well, I think, you know, the answer to that.
1: Of course. I think
2: we also saw the answer again when, they drafted Zaire Williams. He's not ready. They drafted David Roddy. He's not ready. They tried to trade for Macal Bridges. They tried to trade for OG Anobi. And
1: right, drafted LaGravia, too. Who's hurt?
2: Yeah, I was on the fence about Dylan Brooks. I I thought I, I've always been saying I thought it was going to be a difficult decision this summer. I don't think it's a difficult decision. I think they. I
0: I am still on the fence, but it's a hard. It's getting hard to stay there.
2: More Hoop Collective podcast after this.
0: Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by Nitsa. Speaking of, of not being guarded on the outside, LeBron is six of 36 on threes in this series. Yeah. And, you know, he had his lowest three-point shooting percentage during the regular season, I think, in seven years.
1: At the same yeah. time, it, if LeBron comes out in game six and goes six for eight from three, it's that's like... What that, that's what I'm saying.
0: Like... You know, the way he's shooting it and the way he looked in game five, you know, but I I fully believe he could just pour it all out. Well, and he he
1: might have to. And the other guy, too, we I mean, we I mean, we haven't even talked about him. AD had a big game in game five. But like, look, this has got to be AD and LeBron in game six. These guys have to show up and have to produce. And this has to be this really has to be game seven, because if they lose this game and they're going back on that short turnaround I mean, obviously they have a chance to win. They could easily be the two best players in any game, but like that, that's a huge ask as opposed AD's, to having a game at home, you can win.
2: AD has had two duds in the series. He's He's been dominant at times, but he's had two absolute duds in the series.
1: Well, he, well about we, well, we, I mean, we didn't do, we did a pod before them, but like, can you imagine if, uh, you know, they don't come back and win that game for what the conversation is about AD yes. after Rui Hachimura is the one rolling down the lane for the game, oh, tie in potential basket in the final seconds. He's just hanging out in the corner. I mean,
0: whew, that could AD did not even bad. look like he was wanted to even look at the ball late in that in the reg in regulation. And when LeBron made the play, um, big game
1: for him tomorrow, big, big game.
0: Yeah. Um, so the other series in the west that we still got going on Warriors uh, Kings um, I didn't get to watch this game as much as I wanted to because the Bucks game was just mm-hmm. you know so remarkable um, but every time I looked up you know <clears throat> Bontemps was at the um Bucks game you know he's going through all the emotions there he obviously isn't watching one second of the Warriors game and I'm texting him I'm like Draymond Dr- Draymond keeps scoring Draymond scored again. Like I couldn't believe Draymond this is most points since Christmas Day 2019.
2: I saw that. Uh, so I well want- you talk
0: well
1: you talk about guys who step up in big spots.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Draymond Green,
1: you can always count on him, Clay and Steph when the chips are down. Those guys tend to step up, which is why they've won a road series and a road game in 28 consecutive series, which is an well- incredible stat.
2: And you can also count on, like, obviously, you can say, "Hey, Draymond makes some poor decisions in terms of getting himself suspended from time to time," <laughs> but slight. Like you like in terms of clutch decision making, make the right pass, be in the right spot defensively. Um, you know, make the right reads. Like th- this guy's phenomenal, and this he last made game, some
0: vital defensive plays in Game Four, yeah. and vital offensive plays in Game Five.
2: Yeah, and defensive. Like he had, uh, he had one where he gets a great deflection, chases the ball down in the corner for the steal. That was a clutch play. I mean, the guys, he is one of the best winners of this generation. Um, and again, it's why he's a guy who's a non score. Who's going to be a no brainer first ballot hall of famer. And so I, he's another I absolutely- guy who's,
0: who's got to opt out in his contract can be a free agent. And, you know, we're just not really sure. What they're gonna do with him. Yeah,
1: that's how gonna do be they fascinating. Not, how do they
0: not how do they not resign him? I, I, well, mean, look, I just
1: this is this is why the reason why Dylan Brooks, the Dylan Brooks conversation has gone the way it has, and the Draymond Green conversation is where it is, right. despite all the things both of them yeah. have done, is because repeatedly now in the playoffs, we've seen Dylan Brooks submarine his team with his yep. play. And repeatedly in the playoffs, the we, have Draymond, we have seen Draymond we have seen Draymond Green. Do things to lift his team up to win games, as McMahon said over and over and over again. This is why a guy who's six six, maybe with mm-hmm. very limited physical gifts overall, has become a, a as you said, an obvious Hall of Fame player who's mm-hmm. been a, a pillar of four championship teams. <clears throat> like that's yeah. how that happens because his brain is three steps ahead of everybody else.
2: He is a champion. I mean that, that that's like if you want one word to describe Draymond Green as champion. Uh, obviously, he's got the hardware and he's got the, you know, the the, the mind for it. He's got the heart for it. The, he's a phenomenal winning player. Um, and so I obviously was working like Grizz Lakers game. didn't get to watch a whole lot of this. I did watch on the plane today. I dialed up uh, and watched like the last eight or nine minutes.
0: That's very responsible of you. That's like, you know. Well, you know, I like basketball.
2: I don't know if you guys do or not, but
0: I do. <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 thought, you know, I might have slept on on the plane if I were you. I that's that was. I'm, I'm not a, being facetious. I, I'm I, saying I dosed, it's very. I dozed a little
2: bit, and then I, you know, I watched a little bit. And um, again, I'm impressed with the Kings, man. Like, I didn't feel like this was a game where the Kings like blew it, or you know, obviously they they lost. But I didn't feel like, hey, the Kings lost this game the Warriors just were unbelievable down the stretch, and it was ridiculous shot-making. I mean, they were calling him Dre Nowitzki in the locker room because <laughs> Draymond hit, and it was one of those things where it's like he he, he could have been stuck, but he's like, you know what, I'm going to take this little one leg. I don't know, it was 8, 10 feet, 12 feet maybe, knock down a one-legger. Uh, Wiggins hit a super-tough, contested, uh, you know, mid-range spinning turnaround. I mean, the, obviously Steph hit – uh a little crazy floater. I mean, they like it was a great shot making performance down the stretch. Um, and you know, the Kings missed some decent looks. Uh, there was a a monk straightaway three in particular. But again, I I I watched that last eight minutes and I said, you know what, man, the Kings are playing pretty well here. They're just dealing with the core of a dynasty that was clicking.
1: Well, and if you – I mean, I, I've, I've been saying the whole series. I think Golden State's played at a super high level in this series, and if they were playing a team that has been in the playoffs or you had more star power around it, people would say, man, Golden State's playing great, right? Yeah. But because they're playing Sacramento, it's like, oh, well, the Warriors still can't win on the road. We're like, well, no, Sacramento's playing awesome. Sacramento's even like a good see, team. Like that game yesterday, I mean, like you said, or Wednesday – it's, they had to go win that game on the road. It's not like the Kings, even with Aaron Fox playing yeah. with this finger thing, it's not like the Kings hand that game. I mean, De'Aaron shot 9 for 25. You have to assume this finger thing impacted it to some degree. But still, it was yeah. a competitive game right down to the end. And it took, again, these guys who are truly legendary players in the league mm-hmm. stepping up and making big-time plays to win this game on the road. Like, the Kings are making these guys earn this all the way through. For sure, and it's it's been an incredibly impressive playoff debut for, you know, basically that entire team.
2: Yeah the the Fox finger thing. I'm trying to double check this. I'm not gonna have time here, but I think he was O of six in the fourth quarter. Obviously, we were talking about the Coney's factor, Jerry West, Player of the Year. You got to think the finger had something to do with that. I can tell you. I can tell you right now. I'm pulling it up.
0: Well, that's the thing. You know, whatever pain medication he's taken who knows yeah he was over six over six yeah. in the fourth
2: and and it's not even about pain it's like if you know if you've got something on one of your shooting fingers <laughs> I mean, that,
1: that's, yeah, a lot of that's feel and your feels just a little off yeah so yeah,
0: for sure you know not this to is make the biggest sacramento the game. kings game i mean it's not, i know it's a first round playoff game but biggest sacramento king's game since what the western finals and what since was that the NBA, since game since seven New-
2: Yeah, since the NBA robbed them. Yeah. Yeah, Since Game 7 against the Lakers. Since the CON Spiracy game.
0: I don't even know what to make of that one. Um, But uh, tall order. But this this playoffs has been wild. Um, I think the last time a team seated five or lower has managed to have home court in the second round was 2012.
1: Um, it's when the Celtics. It's when the Celtics played the Sixers, right? Well, I know when the next time will be.
0: Well, right. So the Knicks woke up with home court advantage, and the Warriors, if they win one yeah. more, will maybe not have home court in the first round, and potentially have home court in the second round if the Lakers finish off their series. Yeah, and the Knicks and the Knicks do have it. Um The Heat. We got to talk about this game in Milwaukee. Oh um, there's two things really going well, on well, here.
1: We need here's where we need to start with this game. The Bucks go on a 22 to six or 22 to five run to end the third quarter. They're up by 16 at the start of the fourth quarter. Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler start the fourth quarter on the bench. Jimmy Butler sits on the bench for four minutes to start the fourth quarter of this game. They're down 16 on the road, up 3-1. This seems like a very big invitation to take care of business, particularly with Giannis Tadekupo on the court for the Bucs. You're looking mm-hmm. at this. I sat or was sitting with Jamal Collier. I turned to him and said, this thing could be curtains. We might not see Jimmy again in the game. Like but Giannis comes out, goes on a run, game's over. Instead, the Bucks make three field goals in the fourth quarter of this game three and they don't make one for the first five minutes of the fourth quarter, which not only allows Jimmy Butler to chill on the bench, but he comes back in and the lead's cut in half. Yeah. It's like, what is going
0: on?
2: Two straight games where there were total fourth quarter meltdowns by the bucks. You know, you get Giannis back
0: and there are good, and after years of being a shaky fourth quarter team because their half court offense is shaky because mm-hmm. Giannis is not a reliable jump shooter and a bad free throw shooter, they actually were a great fourth quarter team this year. They killed t- people in the fourth quarter this yeah. year. Sorry, sorry. No, sorry. it's
1: just that it's just yeah. Go ahead, Mike.
0: no.
2: I mean, it's just uh, like this is a. I mean, we can debate the semantics of failure and you know, we can play Giannis's answer uh, during motivational speeches in junior high schools across the country. (laughs) Like I get what he's saying, but dude, I'm sorry. This is freaking failure. Like this is our guy historical failure. Our
0: our guy, our guy perk cooked that response today. Yeah. Um, Well, like I get uh, it.
1: Giannis is a good dude. He was, he, I understand again, like man said, I understand what in general, what the point is, yeah. this Milwaukee Bucks team was pretty much the consensus pick yes. to win the championship. They had the guy who coming into these playoffs is considered the best player in the universe mm-hmm. on their team. I know he was dealing with the back stuff. Everybody around the bucks said he was well, that's why good. they lost he the
2: series because well, he, he well, got no. hurt. But no, no bull I mean, bull crap. They lost yeah, the series because they melted down the fourth quarter in games four and five that's, after getting that's Giannis right. back. That's, that's what that's, that's right. what
0: finished them. But no. they, they no, lost no, 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 the No, 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 no. No, no, no. You're no. down
2: two-one with the best player in the world, and you're the number one seed, and with you fart. All over well,
1: like wet farts all over your leg in the fourth quarter of games <laughs> four and five, Listen, and then you go home. What the the, the correct speech? The, the correct thing to say is that for the Bucks to lose this series, it needed to have a perfect storm of things happen, which did happen. The Miami Heat, a terrible shooting team, shot the lights out. Giannis missed two and a half games with the back injury. You know, Jimmy, Jimmy their Butler out. Right. Jimmy Butler played. At an incredibly high level yet again. We'll get to him in a minute. But the other thing is, to McMahon's point, Giannis Tendekupo played all of Game 4. He played all of Game 5. This team had a 14-point lead halfway through the fourth quarter of Game 4. They had a 16-point lead in the fourth quarter of Game 5 at home with Jimmy Butler on the bench, with Giannis Tendekupo on the court. There is no way that team can lose that game. No. Okay,
0: that's fine. But I'm just saying, had they won Game Four and Five, they still would have had two losses because Giannis missed. But that's two the that's three. not
1: Ooh, why they lost the series. And then you're up three two. Right.
0: I, it, it, it's not worth fighting over this one. But but also Mike Budenholzer, mm. I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a. Honestly, there, there's a lot for the Bucks to process here. I don't see. And I'm not a guy who likes to call for coaches to get fired. I don't see how he survives it.
2: Well, let's be honest. I don't. If they didn't win the championship. When they did, he was probably going to be gone then. Matter of well, fact, wait, if yeah. KD, you go back to the KD one shoe size smaller situation, um, if if KD's an inch further back and that's a three-pointer and the and the Nets win, I'll tell you this. There was a lot of people who thought Rick Carlisle was Rick Carlisle, Carlisle to would have been the coach Milwaukee. of that. Yeah,
1: Rick Carlisle I mean, Rick would have Carl- been the coach of that
2: team. It ain't a coincidence that Rick Carlisle accepted the Pacers' job right after that series ended. I'll put it to but, you like that.
1: Here is the deal with Mike Budenholzer. Mike Budenholzer is a guy who, and much like his mentor Greg Popovich, much like Taylor Jenkins in Memphis, as we have seen with the Dylan Brooks nonsense, their philosophy through and through is process over results. That is what Mike Budenholzer does, right? He believes in a the system. They stick to their system. When the Pox used to play the Cavs, the he, used to give up, he used to give up a trillion threes. They would get annihilated every time, and he would sit there and say, well, this is what we do. We play our defense. The other team made shots. That's been the approach they've had all the way through. You look at this series, they never, got, they never double teamed Jimmy Butler at all. I think over the no. seven games or the five games, mm-hmm. our stats and info people track them doing it seven times. Four of them, I believe, were in game four. I was talking Oops. to some people before game five. They said, Do you think the Bud's going to double team more today? I said, No, it's not going to do it. He's yeah. going to stick with the stuff that he does because this is what the guy does. He's a process over results guy. And he'll say, Well, the results didn't break our way, but we had the right process, which is why when they didn't get a shot off on the final possession of overtime, which, whatever, you yes. could argue they shouldn't have called time out there or not, he completely messed up at the end of regulation. It seemed very clear he did not know that they had a timeout left, which is not great. Then, you know, but his answer for not calling timeout at the end of overtime was this is what we do all the time. It always works. We feel good about it. We'll live with the results. Now you could say if you're bud, well, if they throw one <laughs> pass over to Grayson Allen, he's wide open for a three, right? But they didn't. And that's why it's not a process means you win games league. It's a results means you win or loss, you win or lose league. And, the results are that his process got blown to smithereens, mm-hmm. and his team had one of the worst upsets uh, against it in the history of the sport. Yeah. All right, uh, and you and you and,
2: talked and, a lot last five night. games. I think it's got to be called the worst. You get they got smoked in
1: five games.
0: You talked about the end of regulation play, Bon Temps, where Spolstra just outmaneuvered him with a very simple move.
1: Yeah, it summed up. It summed up the entire series because it was Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra taking the game over. So there's two and a half seconds left after Giannis that nearly had a horrible turnover. They make one of two free throws, get to Giannis in a minute and they call timeout. They have a half court set and they have Gabe Vincent inbound the ball and spoke Yanks Bam out of bio out of the game. And they're like, wait a second, the heater only up two, or the heater only down two. why would you take out your, you know, elite rebounder, you know, potential lob threat. Well, Put back, Putbacks. Put back that guy. Right.
0: So he's the only guy who can rebound. Let's well, just be honest.
1: Kevin, right. You, you have Kevin love off the court. You Kevin have love fouled court. out. Right. You have a bunch of guards out there. Mike Budenholzer sees this, sees five guards on the court, including the inbounder Gabe Vincent goes, Oh no, the heat have just tried to hit two threes to, to go ahead. They're going to go for a three to win the game. We got to have Brook Lopez off the court. We got to have all guys out here. who Could switch takes out. Brook Lopez brings in Pat Connaughton. And because Jimmy had went to Spo in the huddle and said, I want you to throw this lob to me by having Bam off the court. It pulls Brooke Lopez off the court. You have all smalls out there. And then it's Jimmy Butler versus Pat Connaughton on a lob. And as Gabe Vincent said, after the game, all I knew I had to do was get it over Giannis because if it was Jimmy versus anybody with who was out there on the court, Jimmy was going to win.
0: And it was a brilliant, it was a brilliant pass. No,
1: it it was a, it was a great pass. Everything had to work out great. The the play the 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 maneuvering by the coach was great, the execution of the pass was great, and Jimmy Butler, who once again has come up massively in the playoffs, made another massive play, and was was there when they needed him. And that right there, in a nutshell, is why the Heat won this series: poise, execution, and effort.
0: I got a uh, I got a kick out of Eric Spoelstra after the game talking about uh, Jimmy. Spo, a lot of times his nickname in the Miami Media Corps is the Spo bot because he sort of would say, all this is always the same thing. But when he when he really decides to open up, he can be absolutely incredibly insightful. It just doesn't happen very often. But anyway, he's just complimenting Jimmy, but he he's like he basically he, he said he's he's psychotic. He said several times he's psychotic. And it reminded me of when they had that blow-up at each other on the bench last year where Spo, you know, heaved the the uh the, the, the dry erase board. And I remember seeing spo scream at him. I always knew you were bleeping crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and like he does know. And that's the thing about Jimmy is it, you know, he, they do know he's crazy. And it's just, <clears throat> and on that play, spo was like, I don't know if Gabe can get the ball to you in the huddle. Like, you know, because they had drawn up a different play and, and Jimmy said, no, throw me the lob. And spo's like, I don't know if he can get the lob to you. And he's like, just throw it that's the thing, like he's psychotic because he can do that. Um, Dude, well, that, okay, that so was I, a great
1: quote. He said, that's why he is us and we are him. That's why we operate as well. And sometimes the psychotic meets the psychotic and it gets a little bit, whatever that we needed every little bit of every play that he made. Which is I, like, I, I yep, think that's Spoke exactly was it.
0: calling himself psychotic there. Yes, too. that's what I mean. That's <laughs> yeah.
1: that, you know, Jimmy Butler is, is a Miami heat player. Those guys are, you know, I, you know, Brian, was around them 15 years ago. It's all the same people sitting in the front, in the back row last night is Pat Riley, Lonzo Morning, Adam Simon, Andy Ellsberg. Those guys have been at all of these heat playoff games. And they, by the way, before the game and like around that team, they were very fired up to get another crack at the New York Knicks. The Mm. team, the Miami Heat, absolutely hate Mm. and love to beat more than anybody else. And I think they were just Jimmy, baby. Well, I think they were just as happy about winning that game as they were getting a chance to tear apart the New York Knicks again. Like they are, I think, fi- beyond fired up to be coming back to New York and playing the Knicks in the playoffs.
0: There's no team in the NBA like the Miami Heat for many different reasons. There's no team like them, um, and they, the way they handle their business is truly unique, mm-hmm. and it's you know they're not for everybody which they will tell you but the longer i've been around the league the more i just respect the living hell out of them and they <laughs> when you think of miami you think of flash and everything like that and you know and that's not who they are
2: that's not what what you think of with the heat
0: they they you know they have concrete floors <laughs> and and you know and spartan walls you know i mean not not actually but they're Well, the Heat are still the
1: or the Heat are still the org. Like everybody thinks about the '90s series with the Heat and the Knicks, right? Which is mm -hmm. fitting because that's what we're now going to get starting Sunday at the Garden. Like for me, as a guy who grew up watching the NBA in the '90s, those were some of the foundational things for me watching basketball. Was like literally Larry, you know, Alonzo Mourning having Jeff Van Gundy on his ankle, dragging him around on the court. The Allen Houston shot. In game in 99, in game five, like some of those battles are some of the great battles we've seen, Mm -hmm. but like the core of that organization, like, even though we're in like pasted space, modern NBA and Eric Spolstra's is up on that as anybody, they are, all of those guys are rooted in the fist fight, absolute like rock fight games that those Knicks heat series were. That's what those guys want to do. Like, that's what is in their blood. And that's why they all love Jimmy Butler, another guy like Draymond, who could be a handful. But when it comes down to winning that's, time, when it comes down to winning time, you want Jimmy Butler on your team. Absolutely. Because he is going to do whatever it I mean, takes to win, and often he's going to do enough to win.
2: And and if but, you aren't, then he, he's going to let you know about it. That's right. Or he's going to say, get me the hell out of here just like he did in Minnesota. He took one look at the other guy who's supposed to be a foundational piece on that team. It was like, "Uh uh-uh, give me the hell out of this place.
0: That's the thing about the Heat, man. Look, they don't have a new scoreboard. They don't have have a giant scoreboard. They had the same scoreboard for like 20 years. They don't, they don't have a $200 million practice facility. They've had the same practice facility for 25 years. You know, maybe every now and then they get a new piece of equipment. They don't mess around. All right. Uh, You know, they don't get crab legs after the game. Spears is obsessed with the Clippers post game. They don't get crab legs after the game. Okay, they just they just handle but their business. Carnival have
1: you know? nice food on those boats. God,
0: I guess. I'm sure Carnival yeah. has crab legs, but and I mean, and I was, by the way, and by the way, you know stories. who's
1: you know who's like that too? Tom Thibodeau and his yeah. team is just like that too. I mean, this I was joking that during Nick's Cavs, it was like Nick's Heat to people because I mean, I certainly didn't think we were going to be seeing a Nick any anybody <laughs> against the Heat in the second round. But, I mean, this is, this is the ultimate throwback series in every way. It's a throwback to the iconic battles of the 90s, and these teams are going to be playing 90 to 85 rock fights in Look, this man, series.
0: When I was covering the team, they had to stay in Toronto on Super Bowl Sunday because their plane didn't have Wi-Fi or TV. <laughs> <laughs> the, the players were like, hey, I know it's not ideal to stay in Toronto more time in January, but could we stay? Because you know, they would have been in a blackout for three hours. Yeah. Uh, now, now they use back then they had their own plane, but now they use the uh, NBA charter and they have nice play. They play the same plan as everybody else. But anyway, the point is that's how they roll.
2: And Bob, um, back to back to Jimmy. Uh, Jackson sent us this quote from Giannis, and this kind of gets back to the Bud thing too. But he says, I don't think as a team we made the right or we didn't make as many adjustments as we could against him. Well, I will say in Bud's defense, that's partially because or in large part because Drew Holiday is one of, if not the best guard defender or wing defender in the NBA. And Jimmy just annihilated him and rubbed it in his face. I mean, it's unbelievable how badly he uh, went off with freaking Drew, uh, Drew Holiday. He, said, guarding he
0: him. said, You can't guard me, I own you. Oh. And you know, and they just the sideways look and even they right. were
2: down six with 236 to go.
0: Well, I mean, look, and then
2: it was, ripped
1: the Bucks' hearts out. It's it was maniac competitive madness. Psychotic you look at 56, 56 yes. points in game, in game four, a game that those Miami guys who saw LeBron go to go to Boston and win like they were like, I don't know as good as stuff have we seen. It was up there with that, with Dwayne in 06 against Dallas, like never seen anything like it. And yeah. then to come back and have 42 in that game and carry these guys yeah. over the line. I mean, <laughs> nobody in the league has probably raised their stock more over the last three or four years than Jimmy Butler with the way he has played for Miami. And by the way, we have to say I mean, like no Tobias Harris, but yeah, Giannis, we certainly, no Ben Simmons either. Giannis, mm. we I, I said a bunch this year for the last couple of years. Giannis, the best player on the planet, mm-hmm. and you could you, he certainly was dealing with a bunch of injuries this year. He played for Greece last summer, might have you make a case he wore down as the year went along. But the bottom line is his jump shot abandoned him as the season went along, and particularly in this series. And think he, he had, had one a bunch free throw year. Well, he, well, he, he I think, had one f- jumper outside the paint in this series. He went three for nine from the line in the fourth quarter in overtime. He was 10 for 23 from the line in game five. Mm-hmm. And like, to me, I think we might have to revisit whether he is truly the best player at this point. Because I mean, if he's a guy who you if he's a guy who is going to shoot like this and not make know, any man, jumpers, it's in, it's in that it's a streak different where conversation, they won like
0: twenty five <clears> twenty <throat> seven. He was pretty freaking awesome. Well, listen, he's still awesome.
1: I'm not. <laughs> he honestly doesn't stink. He had as, as as
2: disappointing of a 38 point 20 rebound performance well, as you well, possibly no, could. Again, I'm not. Thing. But you're right, it that's, 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 stretch, that's,
0: that's that's how Luca is sometimes, right, McMahon? Like oh, you'll no, watch Luca and you'll be like, boy, like, he's I've, playing I've really said, junky.
2: Yeah, I've said like like Luca. Uh, I like when they lost in Charlotte this year. He had like 42, 10, and eight. And I said he had a terrible 42 point 10 <laughs> rebound, <laughs> eight assist game. A terrible game. And i meant it. So these guys are that talented. And that's the thing. Like, and this gets back to the whole failure thing. Like, listen, is, is Giannis Handelman Kupo a failure in life? Obviously not. But you judge superstars by the standard of their talent. And his talent is historically ridiculous. You, you judge franchises by the standard of their expectations. And the Bucks' expectations – or to make a championship run to get bounced in five, you know, as Jana said, to have a fifteen on the little countdown chalkboard. I mean, it's 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 a, it's a just a ridiculous embarrassment. Um well, I, I, well, I, on the, and, well, and here's and the, the other From, thing 30,
1: too.
0: from go ahead, well, from, I, yeah, go ahead, Brian. From, from thirty thousand feet, the odds are stacked against this. <laughs> As a, as a contender in the NBA, in the modern yep. NBA, you, you'll, you have a window. And your window is sometimes tied to how wealthy your owner is. Your window is sometimes mm-hmm. tied to your location. Your, your, your window is sometimes tied to the age of your star. But right. you're going to have a window. It's like one of the things, right? One of the things that has been remarkable about the Warriors is they've been able to pull their window open, although they had the hiatus with a couple of seasons where they were right. to kind of restock and also they were they benefited from the cap spike, which I'm not going to go down that. Mm-hmm. They're still benefiting from the cap spike because Andrew Wiggins is the is yeah. the relic of the cap spike. But um that's what's so remarkable is that for a decade now that's the window still open. Milwaukee, their 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 core players besides Giannis are in their 30s. They have traded away a bunch of draft picks. They're headed into the repeater tax with an ownership group that is not got bottomless money and the new rules in the CBA. Yes, they are targeting the warriors and the Clippers and the nets. Mm -hmm. They also are targeting teams like the bucks who now are going to have a bunch of handcuffs as they look at trying to do things. And so the point is, is that this, these two last two seasons are these glorious jewels Mm -hmm. that you're going to be able to have an opportunity in that window. And last year, the Middleton injury, the Milton injury changed the the game, in my opinion. Milton doesn't get hurt, I think the Bucks win. They well, certainly didn't the get to the fun.
1: Look at the last five years, twenty nineteen. They're up. They're they're up two zero in Toronto, and they're winning big in the fourth quarter of Game Three. Had a chance to put oh my that God, series I forgot away. Forgot about that one. Didn't lost that series. The bubble obviously was its own thing. But they mm-hmm. got smoked by the heat in that series when they were a pretty clear favorite to win. Well, I mean,
0: they're they're boycotting games. I mean, they're, well, I, they're you know, I understand, they had a whole but I'm thing. just
1: but again, I'm just right. I'm not I'm not blaming them for that. That one's different, but I'm just saying you look at the five-year yeah. window. You're just saying this had, is what happened. Yeah, that you have that, you have last year, and you have this year. Yes, they won the 21 title, but if you you simulate that out a lot of times, the over-under on titles for them is over one and a half. Yep. And the other thing, too, I got asked before the playoffs on, on uh, a show, who is the player in the East with the most on the line in the playoffs? I said Giannis. Mm-hmm. And everybody went, everybody's like, what are you talking about? Well, here's why. Here are the guys with multiple finals MVPs. Well, actually, we'll do this for trivia. We haven't done a trivia question.
2: More Hoop Collective podcast after this.
0: Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live.
2: And now,
1: to present today's trivia question, the whiz of the quiz, Tim Bontemps. Who are the players who have multiple MVPs and multiple finals MVPs? Shaq. Nope. He only has one MVP. Hmm, oh, that's right.
0: Um, Le- LeBron. LeBron, LeBron,
2: Jordan, Jordan
0: Kareem, Russell, Magic, Jordan. Yep. Bird. Well, Russell,
1: Russell, Russell, the finals MVP started like 70. It's kind of a fluky thing. So Russell would have, but he he is not one of them.
2: Okay, but Matt, Magic, Bird, yep. LeBron, yep. Jordan. Yep. Kobe only won one MVP. Duncan. Correct. Tim Duncan. Duncan.
1: There's one more. Um,
2: there's one more.
1: Will Chamberlain?
2: No, he, would, he wouldn't be early. Enough.
1: Another all-time great center but later than that, because it's like post-1970.
2: Oh, Akeem. Not Akeem. No, Akeem only won one MVP.
1: Uh, Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem.
2: I said Kareem earlier.
1: Well, you just All listed right. off five guys. Relax. The point is, you're talking no, Michael Jordan, credit. LeBron James, Magic Johnson, Tim Duncan, Larry Bird, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Giannis had a chance to be on that list. And he, he might not a have a... No, I understand that. But my point is, to, as you just said, you don't know how many opportunities you're going to really have. And the Bucs this year were the in clear, Milwaukee. Well, just in general, <laughs> who knows? I mean, Giannis is 28. He's a guy who relies on his athleticism. Obviously we've talked about the jump shot, like his peak might be shorter than some of these other guys.
2: I hear He's got saying. the best
1: team. He's got the best team in the league. And they had a wide open path, in my opinion, where they had a clear path to winning the title. They went in the playoffs healthy. You have to take advantage of these kind of opportunities because you might not get another one. You I might have Chris Middleton get hurt like you did last year, but
2: because he has one, there there's more pressure on Embiid and Harden going in these playoffs. But you know what? Doesn't matter now. But Wendy, you said in Milwaukee, yeah.
0: Elaborate. Because here's the thing: look, the challenge for the Bucks is they're out of assets and they're pretty much out of money. I don't know. Maybe this new partial owner Jimmy Haslam is going to throw some money in there. He only owns a quarter of the team. Well, and West okay. Eden's
1: and West Eden's is the controlling owner, it's up to him what they do,
0: right? And so they have a pressure. And I mean, this and this, Giannis
2: has consistently left it open ended, he has not pledged his forever loyalty to Milwaukee. And there's several times where I think he's kind of made a point to continue leave that open ended.
0: I'm just look, I'm from the Midwest, I live in the Midwest, I, I'm just speaking the reality. People don't want to go to Milwaukee, okay? So the challenge is is that you got guys in there. You know there everybody goes on vacation to... Milwaukee? Actually, Milwaukee's beautiful in the summer. <laughs> it's There's
2: gorgeous. Joe Kim Noah, Joe Cleveland. Uh, um,
0: what's the... Um, uh, Door County, uh, very popular place to go in Wisconsin. Um, <clears throat> Whistling Straits. Um, you got knocked me off my train of thought, McMahon. Uh, okay. All right. So they got guys in their 30s. They spent all the money. They traded all the picks. How are they going to? And this would have been true even if they went sixteen and zero, and won the title.
2: Yeah. How do how do they create another window? Not how do they refresh company? the team? Yeah. How do they
0: refresh the team? So so now they've they've let two championship level teams slip through their fingers, and now they got this thing. And Giannis has he's two years left. Okay, but mm-hmm. he doesn't extend this year, and I don't see how he can extend. I don't think I don't think, and I don't think it's an insult to the Bucks. I don't think it's an insult to the city. I don't think yeah. it's an insult to the ownership. I don't think it's an insult to Drew Holiday. I just think that at, at this point in his career, I don't know how he can extend. Why, why he wouldn't he leave
1: the
2: his land. options open at this point?
1: Well, here's right. Here's the deal: Chris Middleton, player option. I, obviously, he's probably not getting forty million dollars a year, but he's probably getting a bunch of years. And as a guy yeah. in his early thirties, it would make he's sense 31. to opt out. Well, signed through your age, 34, 35 season, right? That, that financially probably makes more sense than opting into one year. You've got Brooke Lopez in his mid thirties, just had probably the best, if not the best season, one of the best seasons of his career. He's going to be a very attractive free agent for teams that are trying. I mean, look, what is everybody looking for? Bigs that could protect the rim and shoot threes. That's Brooke Lopez, right? Perfect fit with Giannis. He's a guy who's going to want to get paid. You have Drew Holiday, who is, as McMahon said, one of the best two-way guards in the league, might be the best two-way guard in the league when you factor in both offense and defense together. He's got one year left on his contract till he could be a free agent. And then you've got Giannis, who's got two years left on his deal, and the rest of their team, Jay Crowder, Joe Ingles, like all these other guys, they're all getting older too. Like this is a team that is reaching a critical mass with all these guys having to make a decision at once.
0: They could run it back. I just don't know. If Giannis doesn't commit, if Giannis doesn't say, mm-hmm. okay, I'm re-signing, how do you give Chris Milton four years? How do you give Brooke Lopez right. a bunch of years? How do you extend Drew Holiday? Well, if Giannis let's, flip that, say, let's flip that on its head.
1: When Giannis signed the Supermax, what was the sequence of events? The Milwaukee Bucks for
2: Drew Holiday.
1: That's correct. The Milwaukee Bucks signed it. traded for Drew Holiday, and as McMahon alluded to with Rick Carlisle, right? Mm-hmm. For a short time after they made the Drew Holiday trade, Giannis locked in on the supermax,
2: and you had all these teams that were lining up just ready to make their pitches to Giannis and free agency that next summer. Um, you know, the, the heat were obviously at the front of that conversation. A lot of talk about the Lakers, the Mavericks, there was After, a list. The entire league was paying attention hey, to did it. Did you see Mark Cuban really liked Giannis's response? He tweeted today, great response. And he
0: tagged Giannis. He t- now, why would he do that? <laughs> Let me do. And then he just Cuban. Well, you told that great story about when they cut Thanassus and like put out no, a no, no, uh, cost
2: Costas, and they, okay. they, they sent out a press release. That's the only time a two way player's ever gotten a, a, uh, a press release with a quote <laughs> from Donnie Nelson. Did he get yeah, a tribute then, video? Yeah. Great response, Giannis. And then he, uh, just. Response should be required viewing for every sports media member. Blah blah blah. Some Fox and Hen house well, type. If only,
0: if only the, he's if trying only Dallas, to get banned again. He's trying to get banned again. again. Listen, if, if he's working Dallas on getting some... banned from Memphis, and now he's you know now he's trying to fire up his old. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying. And then necessary. Cuban's talking
2: about this Chat GPT should be asking press conference questions. Last time I got banned, it was because Cuban said he was afraid artificial intelligence was taking over the freaking sports media. He well, is hilariously he, full of crap, but what he's
1: doing right, here settle
2: down. is settle no. Down. He is hilariously full right. of crap. I'm sorry, McMahon, you have to laugh at it,
1: McMahon. You you haven't even got to the best part, which is they can wish away for this guy all they want. They don't have the ability to acquire him via trade anyway, because they've traded away everything basically. Oh, well, hatched, so it that. doesn't. Yes. They they could probably offer Luca to, to the to the uh, all the, the box if they that. want. Yeah. So. But look, I so yeah, I would Luke, say – Luke at Milwaukee with those
2: cheese curds and all that beer? Oh, no, I don't know, <laughs> man. <laughs>
1: so I would flip it around and say that this summer, whether Giannis is going to commit to an extension or not in September when he's able to do it, mm-hmm. this summer, between whatever the Bucks decide to do on the coaching front, whether they keep Bud or they move on from him, or whatever they do with the roster, they got huge decisions to make across the board. It has to be viewed through the prism of, as you guys both said, what is the next few years going to look like with Giannis? And can we convince Giannis Antetokounmpo that this is a place where he can win long-term? And listen, he wouldn't be the first
2: all-time great player who has won a championship in Milwaukee and still decide to leave a few years later.
0: Well, that's the thing. It took took 50 years. When Kareem left, it took 50 years for them to get back to the finals, which is why, if you're the Bucs, you probably play it out. You play it out till the very end, and because you know you you could get a whiteboard out, and I can say, oh well, if you trade him with two years left in this contract, you could get maybe seven first-round picks instead of five or something. Well,
1: I don't. I that is that's a different conversation. The conversation the conversation has the conversation has to be about what does Giannis view the Bucks as a place where he can win? Yeah, and and that is that because we've seen in the past these situations now. The way the league is set up now, if if the guy is going to leave and you and teams are aware he's going to leave, the whole system is built for teams not to be right. in the position that the, the Thunder were with, with Kevin Durant. I don't right. think we're going to see a situation like that probably happen, if not ever again. It's going to be a handful of times you that ever happened.
2: have not had an established superstar leave in free agency since Kawhi. That was a very unique situation where they traded for him and said we're going to give it a one-year run hope for the best after that, but we think we can right. win a championship and they did. And like, we're getting way down the road on this well,
0: boy. The Raptors, uh, you know, coming out like that, like a rose. I know it, it's not great in Toronto right now, but God, they got Kawhi for one year. He gave the best Listen, They got that. They got that, that banner. It'll always be there. Well, Thank and again, you so much, how much Kauai. different
1: well, and how much different does that look? If they lose that game three, like these things are all, they're of just course. like this, That's the and it just of it. goes one way or the yeah. other.
0: That's the nature of it. I'm just saying that the Bucks. It's a massive summer.
1: Up. It's a massive summer for the Milwaukee
0: hey, how, Bucks. how much different massive.
2: does it look if Kawhi doesn't, you know, that shot, that bounce, 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 bounce goes yeah. down? Maybe Philly has a championship. Hey, it, maybe Jimmy's still in Philly. Who knows? I mean, these little ripples are. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, yeah. We can't. We can't.
0: We can't keep playing sliding doors. But yeah, the point is. The Bucs are and really, by the way, it's not their. It's not like they've screwed up. I mean, I don't think Bud put his best foot forward here, but it's not like, oh boy, terrible mismanagement. It's just the nature of no, the they cyclical. Had, they,
1: they had a chance to win a championship five years in a row. There's hardly yeah, any other teams in the league you could say that about.
0: Like that. Yeah, that's the won. whole
1: point. You need to get your, I mean, again, to go back to Bud's process versus results thing, the process is if you're in position to win a title, you'll hopefully win one or two or three if you get lucky. And they got one.
2: They got one, you know. which is, hey, that ban will fly forever. And it means never having submit, to say you're sorry.
0: Yeah, it
2: means to status as a, you know, to your never have to say you're sorry, like a no apologies all time great. Just like the the Mavs 11 title Dirk. did for Dirk. Uh, the question is, you know, how, how do they crack that window? Or like you say, extend the window, refresh the window. I don't know if you can refresh a window. You know what I'm saying? And then I, if they can't figure it out, like. We've been
1: we'll we've see. been talk we've been talking about this a bunch already. Even in the weeks leading up to the playoffs starting, this is just the first team. There's going to be a lot of teams. Oh, yeah, that are like this this summer. The whole and league. and obviously
2: Philly's facing that thing, and that I mean, Philly we've been talking and about Boston, that all year long. You've
1: got Jalen Brown on one side, you've got James Harden on the other side. Like, there's going to be a lot of mm. massive Golden decisions State. for Golden State. Yeah, with Draymond for sure. Like, you just go across the league. There's there's all of these teams that have very high expectations, and there's going to be some that break through. Obviously, somebody's going to win, and there's going to be a bunch like the Bucks that fall short, and that yeah. is going to set up the potential for what's going to be a really volatile summer from a transaction standpoint. And we could see a lot of crazy stuff happen.
2: And then you have a team like the Knicks that has exceeded expectations and is just primed to be the one to pounce on. One of these stars, if the, I mean, if the opportunity the
0: Knicks arises, were vastly deeper and vastly better than the Cavs because they didn't trade for Donovan Mitchell.
1: Yeah, that was a Talk referendum about, on the Donovan Mitchell trade. And I mean, Nick's side I, of it looks great. I,
0: I mean, that's a bit reductive. I'll be, uh, you know, just to be clear, there's a lot more facets to that than that. Than just I don't that mean statement. that it was a
1: failure yeah. for the Cavs to do it, but like no, that from the Knicks side, that was a referendum on whether it made well, sense to do it. Here's the thing: and
0: like what Giannis said about a failed season. The Cavs had a great season. The Cavs had a great season. A, 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 a definitive step forward. It was a it was a disappointing end, and they didn't reach their, their their max potential. But it was a huge step forward for them. I don't know how much more was it a failure they've got. Yeah, that's the thing. Like one of the things I always tell people is that one of the honest life lessons I learned from LeBron, this is no BS. I know it's one in the morning. We're going to wrap up here in a second, but one of the app, one of the, one of the lessons I took as a, as a, about living life around someone who's successful that I took from being around LeBron every day for 15 years was that LeBron learned how to be, how to, how to be a great loser. And I know that that sounds awful because it sounds like, Oh, you're making fun of him. No, it's a huge compliment. LeBron Time and time again, would be just viscerated, gut punched. I'd see mm-hmm. him sitting in his locker; he's in tears, or he's got the towel over his head. He's devastated. And year after year after year, he picked himself up. He came back better. He retrofitted right. his team. You know, he never done ever His game.
2: Him. I mean, like when the Mavericks exposed his lack of a post game in two thousand eleven. What did he do? He went and worked with the team
0: <laughs> Like this is one of the things that, like. I remember Gary Player saying about Jack Nicholas. So Jack Nicholas won 18 majors. Okay. Greatest, most decorated golfer in history. The dude had 17 second place finishes in majors. Did you just hear what I said? He had 18 majors and 18 in 17 second places, which means that he walked off that course as the freaking first loser as many times as he did as practically as the major. And I remember that's like less
2: like me tonight when I I was second on the upgrade list. <laughs> One person got up there, and I was sitting there and, and freaking the exit row.
0: And you are a great loser, I think everybody would agree. <laughs> but like LeBron's ability to, to 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 look at it the way Giannis did, and yes, you can say that Giannis is trying to you know you know rationalize it there, but like for LeBron, that was true. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he would ever. Say that losing in the finals is a success, but losing in the finals defined who LeBron was. That you know, it's used against him, but which is ridiculous. It's one of his—it's one of his greatest attributes.
2: Yeah, like it's so, better to lose in the second round than the finals. Course, but like Jordan had the commercial, and you know, people always say, "Well, Jordan never lost in the finals." Jordan had the commercial that listed all the failures, all the game-winning shots he Listen, missed. Man, all this, that, I'm the other. sitting and there watching. I succeed because I have failed so much
0: sitting there in the in the pandemic watching the last dance Jordan is laying on the couch saying I'm done I I, I'm physically and emotionally spent I can't do this no more ever you want to say you know how many times LeBron probably felt like that not that LeBron would retire he just came back the next year and came back and came back and came back he's still doing it he's 38 He's dragging his leg. He would rather be smoking cigars and drinking wine. I mean, not really rather, but like I'm sure a part of him would rather be drinking wine every night and he's still fighting, you know, like, and and so when Yana says that, that's kind of what I see. I see somebody who learned the lesson I saw LeBron learn. And that's honestly, when people talk to me about advice, like in the media world, which happens regularly now because I'm freaking old and got gray hair, I go, you have to learn to take a loss, and I learned how to do that by watching LeBron.
2: I thought you said don't check your Twitter mentions.
0: Well, I haven't done that in a decade either. <laughs> so,
2: it's the best advice you ever uh, gave me.
0: Do you do you follow it? No,
2: no, but I do. I I tell you no, what, he doesn't, doesn't do follow I it at all. I am off. quick with the mute button trigger fingers. I
0: have I have zero people muted. I have zero people blocked, and. I have people think I'm crazy. I have not looked at a Twitter mention in at least seven or eight years.
2: No, I tell I tell these young bucks in the, in the uh, NBA media, I say, if you're tempted to reply, just tap the mute button. That's my advice.
0: All right. We've gone on long enough. Uh, we did. You're really muting me now. Things. Yep, absolutely. Thank you Thankful snoop. We should. Podcasts.
1: We should before, before. One thing real quick before we should go. I mean, uh, McMahon, are you going to be going back to Memphis for game seven or not?
2: Uh, Desmond Bain says I am. Desmond Bain says, I am. I think LeBron's going to have the, uh, the, the last word on that. Wendy LeBron back and forth, back and forth. Is he going to be able to, uh, to close this thing know, out? Man. You're I, the expert.
0: Well, I was watching him play the other and actually watching the last two games. He's not really been there. Well, the um,
2: Game before he had 22 and 20. It wasn't a pretty 22, know, but he, he, I know he, he got the game time bucket. Sino it wasn't Cheney one of his dagger. Yeah.
0: Why? I don't think it was even one of his top 30 career playoff games
2: okay well <laughs> the hell that's a pretty damn well, impressive list <laughs>
0: i agree it's it's a comment on his career um i'm just saying like you know uh when lebron doesn't have it going or when he's not 100 he rebounds if you yeah. go look at his career when he when he can't do when, when he when he knows that he maybe can't give much well i shouldn't say that i don't want to be quoted misquoted when LeBron focuses on rebounding, sometimes it's because he knows he's not at full power. Right. I've seen it again, I've seen it before. So, You've uh, but look, both do, ducked
1: the answer to the answering this actual question. I, I don't I make I think, predictions. I think the Lakers close it out tomorrow. I've
2: been wrong before. I think the I'm going to say, gonna, and I'm if they say, don't, if they don't, then I think the Lakers are cooked.
0: We know what you're going to say. You thought the Lakers, you you mocked me when I said they had a top six <laughs> roster after the trade. <laughs> you mocked me.
2: I can no longer make my playing participation ribbon jokes when I look up at the banners, But go on.
1: I if Luke Kennard can play in Game Six, I think the Grizzlies will win Game Six. But I don't feel great about it because we've seen the Grizzlies do stupid things and kick away game after game after game. But I
2: just yeah I just I don't trust the Grizzlies on the road. They are zero and sixteen as road underdogs this year. Zero and sixteen. that is wild. Straight stat. up or
0: against the spread? Is that right? Straight
2: up, straight up they're zero and sixteen as road underdogs this year. Wow. They're a bad road team, and I you know they're they're trying to uh, you know there there's a you know there's a heavyweight that's trying to knock them out. I, I think was talking about I LeBron. think I saw.
0: I think I saw LeBron was third. is 39 and 11 in closeout games.
2: Yeah. So I mean, bad road team, an immature team. Um, and, you know, I do, I just don't know how, I don't know if LeBron has his legs. That's the I only just, reason. I, hesitant,
1: I am yeah. really excited to watch. I'm really, really excited to watch LeBron go up against these guys in this game. Cause I feel like, yeah. I do feel like, like Brian, you said he was six for 36, right? He's not making shots. We're talking about like he's dragging his leg around. It does feel like we're going to get a vintage, not a vintage game overall, but like he's just going to make five or six threes in this game and go like six for 10 and find a way to get this done. Cause he's, he no know I'm sure he, if any I mean, if anybody knows it's LeBron, how hard it's going to be to try to turn this thing around for Sunday. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think he was thinking about that. I think he was, I think it was in his head. He always confused it. All right. So when he says
2: Lakers by 30, (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you for thank you jackson for staying up late and putting this out uh, we'll talk to you very late again on sunday night
2: adios amigos